0: So uh Parshas Kisisa. Um well now we are officially within what they call in Jewish law parlance Shloshim yom Thirty days before the holiday, thirty days from now, really, I think exactly four weeks from tonight, we'll have already had a wonderful Purim, Um God willing. So, um, time to work on getting in the spirit and the ideas of Purim. And we're in luck because uh, uh, there's a lot a lot uh, in the Parsha and a lot in the coming weeks which help us get there. So, Parsha's Kisisa is somewhat infamous because Parsha's Kisisa, this week's Torah portion, talks about probably, I mean for sure, but it's hard to say what the biggest tragedy in in, in the for, in Jewish history. But it certainly has the most ramifications, because three thousand three hundred and thirty-four years ago, the uh, the Jewish people made a very big mistake. Now it's very hard to understand the mistake, but it was a mistake, and the mistake was that the Jewish people. God, the Torah, Mount Sinai, straight from God. And what the program was that Moses was going to go up to heaven for 40 days and 40 nights and come back down and teach the Jews the rest of the story that they heard that they had gotten the Ten Commandments. And the Jews made a miscalculation, thought that Moses was coming back. And long story without getting into all the details, but they made the golden calf. If You saw the uh, movie... Ten Commandments it's in the scene one of the last scenes um, we have the, the, the ten. It, it was considered a, a tremendous rebellion against God and Moshe came down from in fact not shortly later and it really was it really changed history because what it did was the Jews were riding high in this incredible credible space connected to, to spirituality in a way that they wasn't wasn't would, would really have the universe on a certain trajectory, and when they nipped it in the bud and kind of messed up pretty much right away, it really changed the course of history, and that's something that uh, we really, we live in that world today, we live in that world, and we'll talk about that, so that's really what the bulk of this week's Torah portion talks about, But uh, segueing back to maybe something that that feels certainly a lot of positive things to learn from that, but I wanted to focus on something which certainly is very positive at the beginning. Um, Chapter 31, verse 16, talks about a famous line that we say every Shabbos. What do we say every Shabbos? We say in Kiddush, and we even say, I think we say it in Davening, right? We say it on Friday night. Yisrael, So, what do we sing every Friday night? We sing this, the few verses from the Torah portion where it talks about guarding the Shabbos. Yisrael Shabbos. The Jewish people will guard the Shabbos, and it says a famous line. It says that Shabbos. Is a sign, which of the relationship between God and the Jewish people forever it calls it, os or oat he lit It's a sign forever of the Jewish people's relationship with God. So what does that mean? It's a sign. It's a sign. So there's a famous parable which I, you ever heard me talk at some point in time? You probably heard me say this parable, but it. Bears repeating because the parable is really said in relation to these verses in the sixth partial, so which talk about Chavez. And so there was a store. Let's call it uh I don't know. Klein's kosher bakery. And Klein's kosher bakery uh went people came there very popular place but one day they came and they said there was a sign on the door and it said closed and then people came the next week and it said closed but then and the next week it looked like some of the windows were sh- were a little bit shuttered and every week a little less but you know what everyone kept coming back because there was the big sign on top of the door that said klein's kosher bakery And one day someone came, and they saw that, lo and behold, the sign, Klein's Kosher Bakery, finally was taken down. And then that sign came down. You know what happened the next week? Nobody came to see if the bakery was open. Um, Because they knew once the sign is down, It's over. Shabbos is the sign that the Jewish people are still around. You know, us as Jewish people, we have a roller coaster. Sometimes we do what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we don't. We'll do this mitzvah. We won't do that mitzvah. We'll be more unified. We'll be less unified. But there's something about us which whenever sometimes, you know, God could quote unquote, look around and say, hey, are these really the Jewish people? My cherished Jewish people who I'm close to? And and just when maybe that looks like a, a little bit in doubt, God, Shabbos comes and God looks around and he sees Jews all over the world stopping everything they're doing, keeping Shabbos. He sees Jews all over the world who connect to Shabbos, if not necessarily keeping the whole thing, maybe lighting candles before Shabbos, or maybe having a Shabbos, Shabbos meal, or there's so many parts to Shabbos, one has special things to do on Shabbos. And that is something which, that's what it means that Shabbos is a sign. And, you know, we have this in relationships also. Sometimes, you know, you have relationships could be strained or not as strong as you'd like. And there's certain things that, you know, we still got it. And every relationship we has to have a certain, you know, you know, threshold. There's certain things that we. This is what we do. You know, you can talk to the, all the different marriage experts out there, and the relationship experts, and friend experts, and all these things. There's all there's all kinds of themes. But this idea that there's something that is our unified thing, and that so I think is becoming a lost idea. It's certainly something which has worked for the millennium. And it's certainly what Shabbos is about for us. And really, and by, uh, um, famously, the, um, a, a, a quip said about Shabbos. And it's because the, the, the verse starts off the Jewish people are supposed to guard the Shabbos. And this countless story is how it says, even more than the Jewish people take care of Shabbos, Shabbos takes care of us. And a person, somehow, the way God made the world, the way the world runs, is that if you keep Shabbos, you connect to Shabbos, lots of good things happen. It's the source of all blessings. Sometimes, you know, going can get tough, but you don't know how it's going to be a reprieve. or And then you just, you know what, just connect to Shabbos. And Shabbos just overflows with blessing. It's the source of blessing. And that's something that is discussed in this week's Torah portion. So, uh, let's get back to uh, the story with the infamous, it's an important story, so I don't want to call it infamous, but it certainly was a tragedy of the Jewish people, story of the golden calf. So, let's start from the get-go. The Jewish people come to the two leaders who were in place of Moses at the time, because Moses was on top of Mount Sinai hanging out with God. It gets towards the end of the 40 days, and the Jewish people, they made a miscalculation. They thought 40 days already passed. They go to Chor, who was Moshe and Aaron's nephew, and believe it was Miriam's son, and Aaron, And they say, look, we want to make this golden calf, which some sort of idol worship. Most Many commentaries say it wasn't quite idol worship, but it certainly was inappropriate. And what happened was was Khur tried protesting. And basically what happened was there was a few thousand riffraff. Now we're talking about a few million people. So really a few few thousand is really not a lot of people. And they had this idea and so it wasn't even that many people. But they uh, went ahead and pretty much everyone stuck their heads in the sand. People didn't speak up. Um, you know, I don't know who went along, but I think the the, the vast majority of people just didn't get not didn't, didn't stand up. So they went to court and Chor protested. He said, You can't do this. And again, I don't know, look back at the movie Ten Commandments, comes out with a chain, hits score Khor dies. So now Aaron is faced with a crazy dilemma. He sees there's a mob here. They're irrational. He just killed someone. What's he going to do? If he protests, he's not going to accomplish anything at this point. He has no backup. The Jewish people seem to have all their heads in the sand. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to try to delay this a little bit. And he basically seems to some degree to be going along with the program. And he's really hoping, hoping upon hoping that, he can stall, stall, stall until Moses come down and the whole thing falls apart. But that's not what happens. Ends up happening is um, it ends up happening and basically um, what happens is is don't um, held someone accountable. There's no question. In, in verse 32, uh, chapter 32, verse 25, it definitely seems to some degree Aaron Aharon is held, held accountable. So what we can learn from this story, and again, Aaron was a tremendous man. Whatever mistake he made was really we probably wouldn't even notice it. But there are things that our commentaries point out. It's often an interesting piece from Rabbi Schlesinger. He brings out the following three ideas. The first is that sometimes in life, there are things that are just too bad. They're just um, you. You just can't even. You can't. You can't be party to it. And even if whatever come what may, it's gotta be something. And and, and here, what Aron did was that he he needed to not lend any support because what happened was, is that you know ultimately the people got the. Strength they needed really from Aram because aaron didn't reject it, and they may have had second doubts, but and but they got, um, you know, uh, they got some support from Aram. And what he needed to do ultimately was really not lend any support, come what may. And we all have to have that in our lives, we have to be principled, we have to be, uh, as they say, uh, think you know, you can't be bought, bu- you can't buy me. You can't buy. No one. If you have something that is important and that is right, there's a. You can't be bought and you can't be threatened. And that. Uh, and then hopefully, you won't have to die by that. You'll be able to live by that, which is a much more powerful thing. That's one thing that we learn from here: is that really sometimes you you uh, you feel oh I'm not doing it, I I you know I I won't be party to it, but. If you lend any sort of credence or support, you really could give something energy. Soferno says a different point, and he says, and "This is really a directive to the people and to the leaders." What was the reason why Aaron? The main reason he, to some degree, he w- he did what he did because he saw himself completely alone. Now, mind you, he was the sec; he was number two. He was the, the greatest one of the greatest people to ever live and the greatest person who was there at the time. But when he didn't have company, he was he wasn't able to stand up to it. And the, and, and as and as followers, when we when we have our leaders who we believe in, or you have a situation and you have someone who you trust and you believe and you support, don't think they don't need you. People, everyone needs support. And if someone needs that support. Even if they're strong and smart and and rabbinic and, and whatever it might be, lend them your support. Because if Aaron would have had anyone here, it, 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 would, have, it would have probably been a different a different ending. And the Sforno points out on the on the on, the, on the, in the converse that perhaps Aaron could have solicited not from the people head on. But gone around, and maybe gotten a lot of those people sticking their heads in the sand to be on earth. So the leaders gotta gotta enlist, and people have to enlist, and that's something which uh, which is just a part of being a, a part of being this part of society. It's only a part of being a part of Jewish community. We can't just live for ourselves, and and this is a really important thing for for, for you know caring for other people. You can't just you know stick your head in the sand. And um and uh, this is something which over our history has been a big problem, you know. Very often, you know, you know, and it's challenging because there are times it's really hard to decide whether it's right. There's so many stories that we have in our history where someone would have gotten up and said something or even supported someone else who was saying something, things could have been different. And the last point I wanted to bring out on this point is what ultimately does happen. What ultimately does happen is Moshe comes down and he sees how horrible this is. And what he does is he takes the, the, the tablets, throws them down, and then he yells out the famous words which were said by the story of Hanukkah also. He said, Mi Lashem Elay. Who is whoever is for God, come to me. We're gonna deal with this problem. And they dealt with the problem. And what's insinuated from this is that it was saying, if you when Moshe put out that clarion call and said, Whoever is for God, come to me. If you didn't come, that showed that you weren't. And that is something which, you know, today, you know, it's easy. You know, we can lock ourselves in our house with our internet. We can be apathetic to anything. Now, a person has to, you know, be wise. We're not saying to do rash things and things. And then you have to do thought out things. And then there's not always this is the time to say something. But to have in your lexicon to consider what can I do to help a situation, being apathetic is certainly not going to work. Uh, you know, sometimes you may be very sympathetic and want to do something and be willing to, and until some, sometimes it may not be appropriate. But to be apathetic is is really to be compliant. And I would just say out that you know this is obvious in relationships, because sometimes a person may wonder, you know, I didn't, I I didn't say anything mean to my friend or family member, I wasn't. I didn't say anything that nice. Well, a lot of times, it's what you don't say, what you could have said, what you could have stopped someone else from doing, and and that could be very, very painful. If someone sees, oh, look, wow, I thought that person was on my team, and doesn't feel like they're on the team. So then what happens is, thank God, Moshe is the ultimate leader, and he lobbies God, he says, God, don't punish the Jewish people. And they come up with a compromise. Obviously, God doesn't need compromise, but that was what God wanted Moshe to do. And what came out was that Moses was going to go back up to hang out with God 40 days and 40 nights and receive the Torah again. So the Ramban Nachmanides asked a question, which I never really thought of. Seems like an obvious question. The question is, why did he have to go back up again? Then he just learned the whole Torah. You think he forgot it? Now he's going to go back up again, learn the same Torah, and come back down? So, um, the Ramban says a fascinating thing. And Mordecai gift her one of the greatest leaders of American Jewry uh, the past uh, half a century. I remember him as a child. I passed away, I guess, about 20 years ago, maybe, maybe less than that. And the way he explains it based on the Rabban is that, of course, the information, the principles, the ideals of God don't change. That was there. But this was a new giving of the Torah. It was a new audience. It was a new set of circumstances and part and parcel of the teaching that that God was giving to Moses was ma- making sure it was clear and and appropriate suited for the audience and this was this was going back 3334 years ago all the more so for today and this is the beauty of Judaism and the challenge of every generation and our generation is certainly no stranger to this, and this is the job of all of us individuals and certainly parents and leaders and those influencing and other people, it's really all of us, to take the same exact Torah, same exact blueprint for the universe that God um, shared with us and to um, make it that it feels relevant and meets the challenges of the day And you don't need to change it. You just need to take the time and the effort and the care and concern to apply it. And this is what true Torah Judaism is. You know, I'm out there. I meet a lot of different types of Jews, different stripes. And sometimes I'll have someone come to me with an idea or I'll have the idea myself. I'll say, you know what? Maybe if I did things a little differently, Jews would be more interested. Or maybe Jews want to be turned off. And certainly we're encouraged to be creative, but we're encouraged to be creative, but not to change. And ultimately, we've seen throughout history, when people choose to change Judaism in the name of, oh, it will make people feel it's more relevant it's always been an utter failure very quickly christianity more recently many many other movements and it's, a, it's a, a lot of time coming from a good place person wants to make something more relevant but you gotta you got you gotta you can't change the facts you can't change your principles it's a lot easier just to change the script what you got to do though is Creative, think if you care enough, you'll figure it out, and you'll put in the time and you'll put in the effort to be creative enough to make it work out. So in this discussion with when Moses was entreating God not to destroy the Jewish people, so it was a lot of very deep ideas discussed there. Moses and God were, you know you can't imagine the level of that of of that interaction and one thing that moses basically asked guys is god you know i want to understand you and god says you can see my back you only can see my back what does that mean guys have a body sam soper explains that what it means to see Hashem's back is that we, hindsight is twenty twenty. That, you know, very often we're in a situation, and, and to understand it now, to think, to have the gall, to have the haughtiness, to think, well, I don't understand this, so there must not be a God. Or I don't understand this, so Torah is false. That's the most I mean, it's not meant this way, but it's really the most, you know, haughty thing a person could possibly think. You, you know more than God? I mean, we all know. We can't possibly ahead of time understand God's ways. They're so complex. But looking backwards, we have so many situations. We're like, whoa, that was cool. How? Wow. Wow. And that's the means that we can we only see God's back. We can't. We can't. Not that we have to fully understand things afterwards either. But, and sometimes, you know, God's calculations are there for to help other people. help. Us. I'll tell you a story. True story. So, still true. You have the, um, I think it's called the Borscht Belt. But the Catskill Mountains. Catskill Mountains used to be really hotels. Today, it's really mainly bungalow colonies and camps. Still a very, very popular place in the the summers. It's where uh, the Carp family hails from. And, you know, for years, you know, the vast majority, now it's really coming from all over the country, but it used to pretty much be, people didn't want to be in the city. So they went went from the city up to the beautiful mountains. There was once a group of... uh, young men yeshiva bachram who said you know what we're gonna leave i think it was muncie and we're gonna go to the mountains for the the afternoon they met up a certain spot certain park and so there was two of the students they get in the car and they get a flat tire and they get a ticket and they the car stalls and they saw they 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 missed the party, but they didn't know when the party. The officer says, "You know what? We're we're only twenty minutes away. Let's just go to the park." And it'd been a very frustrating day. They really, you know, had thought many times about just turning around, but they get to the park and they see that none of their friends are there anymore. This is the fourth of the days of cell phones. And they're about to pull away. And this was by, there was a lake there. And they heard yelling from the lake. They heard it was two people there yelling out, we're out. We're stuck. They they're, they're, could be drowning. And these two boys, I think, were lifeguards. They jumped into the lake and saved the two people. So look, you know, simple story. But here you have these people, these two boys figured out, they figured out why they got the flat tire, and they figured out, now who, does it, we know exactly, but it seems pretty likely that God arranged all this frustration for these two yeshiva bachrim, so they would be, happen to be there at the exact time. They would have come minutes earlier, or minutes later, they would have missed it, the exact, exact time. needed to be there they got there and it was two boys who had the capability of saving them so that's what it means now we never know exactly what god is actually a book that's that, that we can never fully understand maybe you go to heaven you understand a little bit but uh but this idea is actually really helpful as a life hack as they say in today because if you think that everything in life, you're kind of just, just happens and there's no plan and life can be pretty depressing because you're at total the whim, you're at the whim of other people. There's no way your friend did want to get involved, but even if you don't 100% believe this, but even if you entertain the possibility that it gives a person a lot of hope, makes you into a happier person, and this is very true, believe it or not. And dealing with other people. I'm sure we've all been in situations when we're dealing with someone, a co-worker, someone in the community, a neighbor, a family member. And we're like, you know what? I don't know what to do with this person. I'm at my wits end. I'm I'm being nice. I'm being sensitive. I'm being giving. uh, And they're driving me crazy. What do I do? So sometimes what you got to do is you got to talk to God about it. And said, God, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this is happening. And um, sometimes there's a good reason. There's always a, a good reason. But, uh, you know, God, God can help out somehow. He, he can give you a good break. And um, it's just a very, this is the way the Qasam Sofer explains what it means. Now, it doesn't mean, I'm not saying every situation, you know, you can't say every situation is, uh, that will understand it, but it's just a, it's a tool in the toolkit. It's a possibility a person entertains these kind of ideas that, remember, in is you could take out, I'm not suggesting doing this, but you really even take out the, the spiritual part to this. Even, you they say, you know, a wise person, you see, an older person in, in Judaism People who are older are respected. You can have a person who's 90 years old, who never learned a word of Torah, who who in Judaism we say you can have a rabbi would have to stand up for this 90-year-old man who never learned any Torah. And the reason is, is because, you know, being on this planet, a person could pick up a lot of wisdom. And one of those pieces of wisdom, I'm sure... Uh, is that, because I've seen it in my short time on this planet, is that the longer a person's on this planet, you can tell people, you know what? I've been around for a while. I could tell you a lot of times things work out, that things work out in, in, in a way that you wouldn't have thought. Now, they're not profits, but a lot of times things that might get someone younger very nervous and very unsettled. You know, a person who's been around for a while could say, you know what? Been there, done that, you know, There could be something good that will come out of this. And that's the attitude that Hashem is telling Moshe, you know, can't expect to understand and figure out everything from the the get-go. Just a quick review. Started off talking about how beautiful Shabbos is. Shabbos is the sign of the Jewish people that whenever it looks like maybe the Jewish people are out of business, comes Shabbos every seventh day and says, we're here. We're in business. Talked about how the the, the mistakes that uh, on some small level are, are made, and we can learn from them. That sometimes there's things that you can't even be politically correct about. You know, if something really bad's happening, you can't lend any support or even show that you know even feign support. We learned from the Sephorno that the idea of of uh, a, a, Part of the reason Aaron wasn't able to rise to the occasion was he was all alone, and that as as when we see someone doing something good, we can't underestimate how when they get our support, even if it's someone let's say who's much smarter or more prestigious than you, but you give you, you, there's nothing that could replace the support that another human being gives another human being, and leaders have to recognize that that we need that we need those people. If Aaron Aaron perhaps would have solicited, um solicited some help, and maybe he would have been able to stand up. And um, the last point on that was that when Moshe cried out, "Who is for God? And the point was if you're apathetic and you don't say you're for God, a lot of times um, silence is acquiescence, you know so that's what we learned from there. Next thing we learned from the gifter based on Ahmonides that why did Moshe have to go up go up to the mountain the second time? It wasn't to get new information. It's the same information. But it was to learn to get the Torah in a way that the people would, what they needed, they would get. Right? The way that yeshiva teachers are teaching in 2022, they're teaching the same exact information, but it's different than they were teaching the Torah in uh, 1959. And that's something that's our, our job as the Everyone in each generation's job is to help it segue so the next generation, not God forbid, to change something, but to help and be in tune with to, to say things in the way that people uh, will, will relate to it. And, la- and lastly, we saw, <coughs> from the Psalm so far that to see God's back, I mean, we shouldn't forget hindsight's 2020. Very often things work out. You know, we don't understand them. It, it's just something to have in, in your toolbox um, in life to remind yourselves. You know, a lot of times things didn't work out. Not saying they always worked out, but it's certainly a uh, a, a very helpful thing uh, if you don't assume that. Oh, I have to understand. If you have to understand everything, you're gonna have a very uh, not happy existence. So as we head, we got our four weeks to parm. We have a wonderful Shabbos. And um, 29 more days, Shabbos, Mrs.